God. Uh, in Second Corinthians, uh, the book of Second Corinthians, uh, chapter number nine, and we're going to read verses uh, one and two. Second Corinthians, chapter nine, verses one and two. And this morning, we're going to teach on on an important subject, and that subject is Christian zeal, a Christian passion, and. Um, I believe it is God's will for us to live as Christians with zeal and with passion. If you don't understand what zeal is, hopefully we can explain that to you. And at the end of our lesson today, you will understand not only what zeal is, what the nature of it is, but how important it is for us as Christians to have great zeal. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 says, For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that uh, Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. The Apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth that their zeal hath provoked many people. The fact that they are passionate, the fact that they are zealous, and uh Paul's testimony about their zeal has changed the approach and the mindset of many people. And I believe that when we as Christians live with zeal and with passion, it causes people to change their approach. It affects other people. Now, you may be a Christian. You may call yourself a Christian. You may follow all uh, the laws and the rules of God. But if you don't live your Christian life with zeal, then you won't affect anybody. If you just live out of obligation uh, or fulfillment of some kind of uh, requirements, then you're not going to affect people. But when you operate with zeal, then you can impact many people's lives. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray that you'd help us receive from your word, Lord God, that we would be inspired to live for you, Lord God, not just uh, out of obligation and not just out of formal requirement, but let us live for you with great zeal and passion in our hearts. Uh, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, and you may be seated. Now, this uh, verse of Scripture that we read in your hearing from 2 Corinthians, of course, it's written by the Apostle Paul. And 2 Corinthians is the second letter that was written to the church in Corinth by the Apostle Paul. And, uh, and uh, he is declaring that he is very excited uh, uh, that, uh, that the church in Corinth has a tremendous amount of zeal in ministry to the saints, and that's what the Bible says. It says, uh, ministering to the saints, concerning ministering to the saints, Church of Corinth, I recognize that you have a tremendous amount of zeal. As far as serving one another and meeting the needs of one another, you have a tremendous amount of zeal, and he wants to commend them uh, for this. Now, the word zeal, if, if we're going to study the Christian zeal or being zealous, we need to understand what this word means. It appears several times in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The word that is translated zeal comes from the Greek word zelos, zelos, like zealous, zelos, and from the root of which is zeal, which the word zeal comes from the word zeal, which means actually to begin to boil. When uh, you're 
Now, preparing boiled eggs, anybody prepared boiled eggs before? You know that you have to get the water to the place where it begins to bubble and boil. And uh, at that point, um, it begins to cook the egg. It begins to boil the egg. And the word zeal means to reach the point where you begin to boil. And so zeal would be the opposite of uh, listlessness and apathy and coldness. Zeal uh, means to boil or to be hot. So when it's applied to our mind or our spirit, it means fervor or impassioned, ardent state of mind, intense, focused, and uh, and very uh, passionate about what you're doing. So the word zeal means to boil or to become very, very hot. So to be listless and indifferent and cold would be the opposite of being zealous. And so we can see, and, and all of us as we look over our own experience, times when we have been zealous in times when we have not been zealous for God. Amen? And we've all heard the terminology before of somebody being cold in their spirit, somebody being fervent in spirit. These are the opposing ideas that indicate uh, that you can either be cold and different or you can be zealous, hot, and passionate in your spirit for the things of God. So the nature of Christian zeal is that you are ardent, you are passionate, and uh, you are uh, full of great fervor. So here's some points about the nature of Christian zeal. The first point that I want to make is Christian zeal comes from the Holy Ghost. Christian zeal comes from the Holy Ghost. Now, there are many people in the world that are zealous about a lot of different things. Um, There are people who are very zealous about a political party. And uh, when you begin to talk against that political party, they can begin to get angry. Or if you begin to talk in favor of it, they get very excited because it's something that they've reached the point where they're not indifferent about it. They're not cold about it, but it causes them to boil. And uh, there are people that are zealous about uh, particular social issues. There are, um, um, And, and when, when someone is zealous like this, this is different than Christian zeal. And uh, if someone's zealous about a particular sect or a particular idea, um, some people are zealous in their superstitions. And uh, uh, all of these types of zeal are different from Christian zeal. Because in order to have true Christian zeal, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Spirit of God on the inside. Because otherwise, it's not natural for you to be zealous about religion. Amen? It's not natural for you to be so zealous about spiritual things, and especially about serving somebody else. And that's what the Word of God's talking about here. The Apostle Paul says to the church of Corinth, I am so pumped up, and I love to brag about how zealous you are about serving your brothers and sisters. And in order for you to be zealous about Christian service, about meeting other people's needs, it has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Because our flesh is not... uh, inclined to be this way. Our flesh tends to take care of itself, right? Uh, Our flesh looks out for number one. Uh, But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and when you live and walk in the Spirit, it lends itself to spiritual and Christian zeal. Otherwise, 
You can just try to imitate it or you can try to put it on. But true Christian zeal is always a product of the Holy Ghost. So the nature of Christian zeal, this passion that causes us to be on fire for God and causes us to do something for the kingdom of God, comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I'm thankful for this. And, and, and I, let me just go ahead and share this with you now. That anybody who does anything of any significance for the kingdom of God has to have a baptism of zeal in their life. Anybody who does anything great for God does it with red, hot, fire, passion. It's not just some indifferent approach that makes a difference. It's a passionate Christian. It's a zealous Christian. It's an on-fire Christian that makes a difference. Amen? Most of you, if you think back, about when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, maybe you can remember the preacher that preached on that night or that day when you received the Holy Ghost. Can anybody remember the, the, the preaching? It probably was not just flat, indifferent, unimpassioned preaching that brought you to a place of repentance. It was zealous, fiery, intense, passionate preaching that brought you to a place of repentance and to that place of faith where you could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because this, the people of, that have Christian zeal and Christian passion are the ones that make a difference in the world. Amen? And, and men that accomplish great things for the kingdom of God, that build great churches or build great educational institutions for the kingdom of God or, or go out and establish great mission works. All of these men that do anything great for the kingdom of God have one thing in common. It's not their intelligent quotient. They don't have in common uh, uh, ethnic background or upbringing. But one thing they all have in common is that they have a tremendous baptism of Christian zeal, fire, passion, something that boils on the inside. So Christian zeal is spiritual in its origin. It comes from the Holy Ghost. We don't just produce it because we think it would be a good thing to have. Secondly, Christian zeal as it is intended to function, is to be correct, intellectual, doctrinally correct in its presentation. Just zeal is not enough. It has to be focused doctrinally. Because the Bible says, uh, uh, I believe it's in the book of Romans, uh, that uh, the Apostle Paul says about Jewish people, he says that they had a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. They had zeal, but it wasn't focused by knowledge. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? It was a passion for God that lacked doctrinal directives. That's like, if I could use this to help you get a mental picture of what I'm talking about, that's like a train going 100 miles an hour, but it's not on the tracks. You have a problem, right? Because a train has no steering apparatus. It just follows the tracks. And so it's not going to get where you want it to go. It's not going to fulfill any purpose. It's probably going to have a real bad accident if you get a train off the tracks going 100 miles an hour. But if you put the train on the tracks, then you can decide and determine where it's going to go and what it's going to accomplish without mishap. Christian zeal is the same way. Christian zeal is to be according to knowledge. 
That means my passion for God has got to be focused in the framework of teaching and doctrine so that I go the right direction, so that I have the right purpose, so that I have the right parameter. You know, you know what makes a river so strong and powerful and able to flow with such great intensity? is because there are banks on the river. And when a river overflows its banks, it stops moving so quickly because it has lost its parameters. It has lost its directives. And the same is true with Christian zeal. We have got to keep our zeal for God within the parameters of doctrine. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? My my passion for God has to flow within uh, the framework of doctrine because the Jews had a zeal, but it was not according to knowledge. And uh, so as a result of that, the Apostle Paul was zealously persecuting Christians, trying to put them in jail, and even trying to get them killed. Uh, He did it ignorantly, not understanding truth. And uh, so the same is true with us as Christians. When we have a zeal for God, we've got to do it according to knowledge, according to understanding, according to the Word of God. Uh, Christian zeal has to be associated with a why. Why am I doing this? And the wherefore, which is what am I going to do with this passion? Why am I boiling? And what what am I going to do because I'm boiling? And uh, when the why and the wherefore is understood, then we have zeal according to knowledge, which is God's plan and God's purpose for us. Uh, The third point about the nature of zeal is that God's plan is for Christian zeal to be modest and humble. Modest and and humble zeal. Now there, there's a different. There's a kind of zeal that is designed to draw attention to people. There's a kind of zeal that is for show, and uh, and so that uh, uh, people can see it, and so people can recognize. And any zeal that aims at the exaltation of the person who possesses it is is not the kind of zeal that is true Christian zeal. In fact, in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings chapter 10 and verse number 16, the story of Jehu, it says uh, uh, that uh, Jehu, Jehu had this kind of zeal. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. He said, let me show you how zealous I am. I want you to come see how zealous I am. True Christian zeal is not to draw attention to the one who possesses it. And any zeal that is as a show or a demonstration or a display is not the true Christian zeal uh, that, uh, that the Lord wants us to have. Um, uh, the kind of zeal that is just for show, uh, it has to be seen and applauded or it expires. And I've seen this before where people are very zealous, but if nobody's recognizing them, they're not getting any applause or accolade, then their zeal burns out. True Christian zeal does not have to be applauded. It doesn't have to receive accolade because the possessor of true Christian zeal realizes that I'm not working for, for man's applause. I'm working for God's applause. And, and, I'm, and my passion is, is about furthering the kingdom of God. Now, this false zeal, uh, this, this zeal of show and this zeal of pretension uh, that uh, we see was very evident in the Pharisees. They had a zeal for God, but it was so people would notice. 
Pharisees had this type of this type of zeal. Now, early on in in the Apostle Peter, he had this type of zeal, uh, and you can notice that uh, the Apostle Peter said to Jesus, he said, "Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. I promise you that I will always stay true." See, that was a display. That was a showy type of zeal because when the rubber met met the pavement then the apostle peter was nowhere to be found and uh but peter's approach changed after he was humbled and after uh he was transformed you know the lord appeared to him said simon son of jonas lovest thou me and he wasn't as boastful then he with tears said yea lord thou knowest that i love thee Christian zeal is not desiring to attract attention to itself. It is retiring and seeking only to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. So the nature of Christian zeal, number one, it has to come from the Holy Spirit. It's spiritual in nature. Number two, it must have the parameters of doctrine and and teaching. Number three, it, it has to be modest and humble in its presentation, in its approach. And uh, another another thing about the nature of zeal, Christian zeal, is that it is consistent and enduring in its influence. Now, the Bible talks about the Galatians and how that they were zealous for God for a while. They were very passionate about God for a while. But then it just kind of ebbed low. It was kind of a spasmodic thing, sort of like a temporary thing, like a disease and not not health. Uh, and uh, it's in some people, their zeal is just like a what we call a flash in the pan or a, a comet that attracts a lot of attention and then just fizzles out and passes away. But Christian zeal is not this way. Christian zeal is not about a temporary flash in the pan, a tremendous amount of excitement, a lot of attention being drawn to it because of its brightness, and then it's just going to fizzle out but christian zeal is consistent uh, and it's enduring amen it, it's a healthy action of the heart it indicates the vigor that's in your spirit and uh, uh so and the bible says in the book of proverbs uh about that which shineth more and more and more unto the perfect day so true christian zeal is not a bright light that starts out and then dims immediately but Christian zeal is something that the longer you're, you're around that person and the more you get to know that person, the, the, the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter unto that perfect day. And so the zeal and the passion that I desire from God is not something that gets me lit temporarily. And I'm like the Christmas lights that come out for a while, but they're going to take them down later. But I have a zeal for God that grows brighter and brighter and brighter. The nature of Christian zeal is not just something that's a flash in the plan in the pan but it's consistent and enduring and long lasting another point about the nature of zeal some people are very zealous with their mouth but not very zealous with their hands and feet but true zeal is not just talking but true zeal is diligent and active in its effort because there are people who talk a good talk, but when it comes to getting your hands dirty and getting involved in the harvest 
and doing the hard work of seeing God's kingdom advanced, they become just a little less zealous. Amen? And there are, are people who, who express and voice their zeal, and uh, they, they make a zealous profession or declaration. And, uh, uh, but but the, the real question is, is this zeal going to be carried out in works of faith and in labors of love, because Christian zeal is not just about what I say, but Christian zeal it has a tendency to toil and labor. And uh, uh, zeal is not just uh, something that's spoken, but it becomes embodied with action. It has an ear that hearkens to God's commands. Amen? Christian zeal has feet to run uh, in, into the place where it can be useful, and the hands to work and the shoulder to bear burdens, and a spirit of noble activity and enterprise in the things of God. Because true Christian zeal is more than just an expression and a declaration. It has hands and feet, amen, to get involved and to work as well, amen. So we're, we're, we're kind of taking the cover off of false zeal. And somebody says, well, I bur-, and how many have seen this before? And it's so ridiculous, people that are, uh, that are Christians and... Uh, Whenever they get a chance, they're going to declare, profess their zeal for God. But their lifestyle is not Christian. They don't live for God. They do all kinds of things that Christians shouldn't do. And you'll see this a lot of times with professional athletes or professional entertainers who live like the devil. But then all of a sudden they want to get up and profess you know, their love for God and how that their faith in God has sustained them through it all. And uh, what this is, this is this false zeal, this declaration, this proclamation of zeal. But when it comes to putting your hands and feet into it, uh, they're nowhere to be found. But true Christian zeal is not just an expression, but true Christian zeal is diligent and active in its efforts. Amen? Another, th- another thing about the nature of Christian zeal is uh, and this is real important, is that Christian zeal is kind and affectionate in its spirit. You've heard the term zealot before, or someone being extremely zealous. Oftentimes that's associated with somebody who is, who is so intense about what they believe that they are absolutely intolerant of anyone else, and they're hateful towards people who have uh, a different approach or a different opinion. Christian zeal is not that way. Christian zeal is not the fire of wrath to hate. It's not something that allows you to get angry enough to curse someone else. Um, but, but Christian zeal has a warmth to bless somebody else. Amen? And it's always, uh, uh, when, when you talk about Christian zeal, it's expressed in the company of words like charity and love. And uh, so... Uh, Christian zeal is not about judgment and harsh uh, um, expressions of uh, someone's lack of righteousness, but Christian zeal is about compassion and love and concern. And there are a lot of people that love to jump up on the judgment seat and are real quick to express how how they feel that uh, someone has uh, 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 
gone astray or made a mistake. But Christian zeal is not about anathemizing someone or, uh, uh, or saying that uh, I judge you or I, I condemn you to hell. But Christian zeal is kind and affectionate in nature. There are some uh, people, mo- most people in the world that we define as zealous outside of the Christian ranks, their zeal is manifest with hatred and anger. And a good example, um, a good example of that would be uh, radical Islam where in radical Islam, these people who are exceptionally zealous, their zeal is manifest through hatred. Their zeal is manifest through judgmental and even violent expressions of faith. And so Christian zeal is not this way. Christian zeal is to be kind and affectionate in spirit. Now, that doesn't mean we cannot stand up for what we believe in. And that doesn't mean that we cannot... That, that we should not have a very pure and clear stand on doctrinal issues. But it does mean that part of us that makes us boil, we should boil with love and not with animosity. We should boil with concern and not with judgment. All right. So Christian zeal, these are the characteristics that we've talked about. Christian zeal is to come from the Holy Spirit. It has to have the framework of doctrine. It, it is to be humble and modest in its presentation. It's to be consistent in enduring, not just a flash in the pan. It's to be diligent and active in its efforts, not just an expression, but something that's willing to get its hands dirty. And it is to be kind and affectionate in spirit. Now, what does zeal supposed to do? Our Christian zeal, our passion that we have, that thing that makes us boil within. One of the thing is the things that it's, that it's to cause us to do is to do all of the good that we can do with our power. When you have Christian zeal, that, that makes you boil. Its number one objective is what can I do good for someone else? How can I do good in this world? How can I advance the kingdom of God? How can I help somebody? How can I minister to someone? Amen? Now, you show me someone who is willing to minister to someone in love, somebody that has a need. When I say minister, I don't mean getting out the family Bible and preaching to them. When I say ministry, I mean meeting needs in love. When you see someone meeting a brother or a sister's need or meeting a need in the church in love, they are expressing true zeal for God. But when people cannot be found when there is a need, they may shout and dance and declare how zealous they are for God. But true zeal is manifest when there's somebody who says, anything that I can do within my power to do good, I'm going to do it. That's how zeal is expressed. And... uh, and, and, it, and, and also in your own life, to, to try to do all the good and see all the positive things in your life that you can see. I want the knowledge of God. I want to conform to Christ. And, uh, and it also is expressed in mortifying sin, doing all the good that you can. That's the first thing that zeal does, all the good that I can. And part of that is in my own life. Part of that is what I do for other people, to minister to brothers and sisters in Christ. But part of my zeal is focused on what can I do to make myself 
more like Jesus. And the Bible talks about mortifying the deeds of the body. What does that mean? What does mortify mean? To kill it. That means the things that I do that I know from the Word of God that they displease God. Christian zeal causes me to go after those things with a vengeance. The things in my life that I allow happen that take me away from God instead of drawing me close to the Lord. Christian zeal says I've got to do all the good I can. And part of that is destroying these evil influences in my life. I've got to mortify the deeds of my body. I've got to crucify the flesh. I've got to live with self-denial. I've got to grow in grace. And all of this is included when you have true Christian zeal about doing as much good as I can to other people and for other people and also in my own life. Now, the second part of what Christian zeal does, how it expresses itself, is in communicating all possible good to others. This is where evangelism and outreach comes into play. If God's been good to me, if he's changed my life, and if I've been given eternal life through the gospel of Jesus Christ and through the name of Jesus, then Christian zeal, this thing that causes me to boil and be hot for God, is going to, uh, is going to basically constrain me or, or force me, if you would, to begin to share with everyone else uh, about what God has done for me and how good that the Lord has been to me and everything that I can do to get the message out and to minister to somebody, amen, and to impact somebody's life for the gospel's sake, I've got to get the word out to as many people as possible. And true Christian zeal puts you in a position amen, where you can't help but share what the Lord has done for you. How many are thankful what God has done for you? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And for those of you that will be here for this evening's service, I've felt direction the last couple of days for this evening's service. Um, and I want to speak on this subject. Each one, reach one. Each one, reach one. And for the next few months, uh, what I believe God is calling us to do as a church is for each member of the body of Christ to find one person and begin to focus your love on that one person, focus your prayers on that one person, focus your faith on that one person, believing that God is going to help you to reach that person, believing that that person is going to be saved. And what I believe is going to happen in our church is that you may or may not win that one person that you focused your attention on, but God is going to begin to allow you to see many people and many people come to the kingdom of God and come to a knowledge of truth because you're beginning to let that boil, amen, to let it work and to let it function. If I'm not sharing what the Lord has done with me to anybody, then my Christian zeal is not expressing itself very well. And sometimes we're real good at expressing our Christian zeal in a worship service. And uh, when the music gets going just right and, and they're singing that song about the goodness of the Lord and they sing that line again and again and again and it finally hits you, wow, God has been good to me. And you can't help it. You just get out and begin to express your zeal for God and your love for God. And that's important. 
but but it's equally important for you to take that boiling zeal and say, I've got to get this out of the building and share with somebody what God has done for me. Hallelujah. And the power of the Holy Spirit and the change that's happened in my life because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? How do I get zeal in my spirit? I want this Christian zeal. I don't want to live an apathetic Christian life. I don't want to be one of those people who are kind of on the fringe and just kind of barely making it, just kind of barely doing the bare minimum to serve God. But I want to be that person with zeal. Well, there's some things that you have to understand. And first of all, the first thing you have to understand, that zeal, Christian zeal, is an essential characteristic of of true Christianity. And if you don't have it, then you're not really being like Jesus. Amen? There was a poet that said, Religion without zeal and love is just an empty name. And Christianity without zeal and love is just another religion amongst the many religions. But when we put zeal and love together, amen, when we love the Lord with all of our heart and have a tremendous level of zeal for God, then uh, we begin to be what God wanted us to be. As you look through the Old Testament, and I could read just a list of the main characters in the Word of God, like Noah and Abraham, Jacob and Moses and Caleb and Joshua, Samuel, David, Elijah, Isaiah, uh, John the Baptist, and Paul, the early Christians, the church in Corinth. All of these people that I've listed off to you are characterized by having a tremendous passion and a zeal for God. That lets me know that the church is founded on people who burn with fire, people who burn with zeal. And if I want to be a true Christian, if I want to be an extension of the church, I can't just be an indifferent uh, uh, a bystander. Amen? I can't just uh, be somebody who, who uh, uh, professes that, yeah, I'm a Christian or, or, yeah, I'm a believer, but I've got to have that fire burning on the inside. And uh, it's, it's what God expects of me. And if I don't think that God expects me to be on fire, then I'm not going to be on fire. And I've seen this before. I've seen this in churches where um, uh, I've been around churches before where being passionate about God was not seen as a virtue. Now, they would say it from the pulpit and, you know, declare it, but within the framework of the youth group or the young married couples, being passionate and zealous about God was not cool. It was not the thing to be or the thing to do. And you know what? Those churches are not blessed with revival. Those churches are not blessed with the move of God because the people somehow have got the wrong idea or misconception that it's not appropriate or it's not the thing to do to be zealous for God. Now, you, you declare you're a Christian, you live for God, you do all the things that are required of you, but if somebody gets a little too excited about God, they're kind of pigeonholed as being odd or weird. So what's happened is, is people have gotten the concept, the idea that it's okay to be a Christian and not be zealous. It's okay to be a child of God and not be boiling with the with the fire and the anointing and the unction of the Spirit. Let me just tell you that God's plan and what got this church, not this particular church building and this local congregation, but the church of the living God universally to where it is, is people who have passion and zeal. You look at the Old Testament through, the New Testament through, the main characters that made up the foundation of the church were characterized by a zeal and a passion for God. And so it's not okay. 
to be a Christian and be indifferent. It's not okay to be a Christian and be all wet or cold or spiritually indifferent. If you want to be a child of God, get on fire for God. If you want to be a child of God, get in the prayer room until the fire begins to burn in your belly. If you want to be a child of God, get in a revival meeting and cry out to God. Say, God, give me the fire back. I can't stand to function as an indifferent, uh, unimpassioned Christian. Lord, let it burn within me. Hallelujah. And, 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 and it, uh, it just bothers me when I see, quote, unquote, Christians who are passionate about a sports team or zealous about a, uh, a career or passionate about political beliefs. And, but when it comes to Christianity, they're just so indifferent. They, they'll say they're a believer and they'll profess and confess that they're, that they're a Christian. Uh, but when it comes to really putting their hands into it and getting involved in it and, and really expressing their intense passion for God, uh, they're, they're anywhere but involved. Amen? But true Christians, with true Christian zeal, realize that passion is is just part and parcel of being a Christian. It's what's expected of us. I need to be on fire for God. I need to be passionate about God. It's an essential characteristic. And also, you've got to understand, the word Christian means Christ-like or like Jesus or imitating Christ. And so if I want to really be a Christian... My model or the person that I follow, my mentor, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the second point about zeal is that zeal was the distinguishing trait of the Lord Jesus Christ. And since passion and zeal was the thing that set Jesus Christ apart, that means that I need to have this desire in my heart, to be zealous and impassioned. Amen? At 12 years of age, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. He knew that he was going to face the cross, pain, the suffering, but he did it anyway because it was his passion. Amen? He was zealous about it. And uh, he says, I have a baptism to be baptized with. This was the baptism of the death that he went through. And he says, I, I cannot do anything until it's accomplished. It is my passion. It is my zeal. And uh, in only three years, he did a life's worth of ministry. And uh, he stood alone before death and faced death and ended the toil and suffering. And uh, uh, for all of mankind, Jesus, did, Jesus Christ did this for us. And the characteristic or the signature of his life was he was a man of passion. He was a man of zeal. And all great men are men of passion. All great women are women of zeal. And in it, whether in the church or out, if you're going to accomplish anything, you've got to be passionate. If you're going to do anything, you've got to have zeal. You've got to have something burning on the inside. Amen? Which brings me to the final point of, of how do I know how can I be motivated to get this zeal? Number one, Christ expects it of us. Number two, it was a defining nature of Jesus Christ while he was here. And finally, number three, why do I need to be zealous? Is because the church will not be what the church needs to be unless Christians are zealous. The only way that the church can triumph, the only way that the church can overcome, 
is if the pastor is on fire for God and if the saints of God are on fire for God and if the leaders are on fire for God, if the Sunday school teachers are passionate about what they're doing, if, if, we, if we just are doing this and, and, and all of us from from uh, uh, those that are involved in music ministry and worship leading and those that uh, uh, are involved in outreach, if we're just doing it out of obligation, the church is not going to triumph. If there's nothing burning on the inside, if we're not boiling, amen, with a passion for souls and a passion for what we're doing, you know why we as a church have to do our very best every time we come together? Because what we're doing is the most important thing happening in town. This is about souls, amen? And something has to burn within us. There's got to be a passion within us. And if I don't preach with passion, nobody gets saved. You don't worship with passion, the presence of God doesn't show up in this place, amen? And if I don't teach with passion, I don't impact the children. And, and if I don't do what God's called me to do with passion, if I do it just because I'm obligated to do it, uh, then the church is not what it's intended to be. But when the church, from the top to the bottom, from the sidewall to the other sidewall, becomes made up of people who have a zeal for God, who something burns within them, amen? Just like those that had been with Jesus, it said their heart hearts burned within them. Amen. And I, I, I can't afford just to be indifferent about the things of God. Amen. I can't afford to be more committed to my job than I am to the kingdom of God. I can't afford, amen, to be more excited about my favorite sports team than I am about revival. I cannot afford to burn in my passion about a, a political figure or somebody that I'm wanting to vote for or some party that I'm excited about and not be that passionate and more so about the kingdom of God. Because if we want the church to go forward, there's got to be some ground troops that believe it with all of their heart, and not just believe it, but they let it affect their actions. They let it affect their attitude. They let it affect their worship. They let it affect everything about them. Amen? And the church will go forward if there are people who are filled with zeal. All of us in, in our generation have been shocked at the zeal of, as I mentioned before, the radical Muslims who believe so strongly what they believe and with such a fervent heat, such a boiling passion that they are, many of these radicals, willing instantly to give up their life gladly for the cause that they think is correct, which is spreading Islam globally and giving it a global dominance over every government in every, in every uh, nation and continent. And that's their passion. Many people don't understand that, but that's what their objective is. Their objective is to conquer the world for Islam to be the ruling religion. Uh, the radical Muslims believe this. And, and they will do anything go to any length. And as I mentioned, their zeal is different than Christian zeal because their zeal includes judgment and hatred and animosity and, and, and violence and murder and death and bloodshed, beheadings and hanging, things like that. Uh, and, uh, of course, Christian zeal is with love and compassion and concern. But here's the deal. If they're boiling at a higher rate than we as apostolic believers are, then we have a problem. If their level of passion 
exceeds our level of passion. Guess what? We may have to die for the gospel's sake. At this point, we don't have to die for the gospel's sake. We have to die out spiritually to be what Jesus wants us to be. But God hasn't called us and told us that uh, we need to go strap a bomb to ourselves to spread Christianity throughout the world. Thank the Lord uh, that uh, that's not what Christianity is about. Amen? But we need to have that same level and then some of boiling passion that expresses itself not in hatred, fury, malignity, but expresses itself with love and concern and serving somebody and loving somebody. And just as much as uh, one of those radicals are are so uh, focused on forcing someone to either either convert or die, we as Christians have to have that passion, that passion not to force somebody to convert or die, but say, I'm going to love them so much. I'm going to reach for them so much. I'm going to serve them so much that this is the most important thing. The kingdom of God is the most important thing. And, and, and I, I, for one, am just sick and tired of Christianity light. They have, they have uh, light yogurt. They have uh, light uh, light meals that you can buy, pre-prepared meals that are light. They have light beer, all of this light stuff. And, and, some, and, and many people in the world are practicing Christianity light, which uh, you come and get your fix every week, but they don't turn the temperature up too much to where you boil. And it, we let you leave comfortable, and we, we want to just kind of scratch your ears for a little bit and make you feel good about what you believe. But uh, there's something in my spirit that says the church is going to lose ground if we practice Christianity light. And churches may have bigger numbers and churches may have full facilities, uh, uh, but we're talking about people that burn in their spirit to, for God. Hallelujah. And have a passion to love people. And when we get that fire burning on the inside, the church grows. Amen. The church grows and the kingdom of God expands and the word gets out. Hallelujah. But And the final point I want us to consider is where the Apostle Paul said, here's where your zeal is really making affecting people is when you have a zeal to minister. When your zeal is to meet people's needs. Very liberal in wanting to minister to people. You're very open wanting to meet people's needs. Your zeal is not for the microphone to get behind the pulpit so everybody can see you. Your zeal is not for fame and fortune, but your zeal is to reach out and to meet the needs of other people. Amen. And I want that to get a hold of me. Amen. I want the Lord to be able to brag on this church. And here's what I want the Lord to say, just like the Apostle Paul said. You've provoked and changed a lot of people because of how much passion and zeal you have for serving and loving people. Amen. Yeah, you're zealous for the truth, you're zealous for the doctrine, you're zealous for the gospel's sake, but there's one thing that really affects people, and that is your zeal for ministry and zeal for reaching out to people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for listening carefully. I want you to stand to your feet, if you would, right now, and I want us to say a word of prayer together. If you're close to someone right now and it's appropriate,